Welcome to the Success Over Struggle podcast. I'm Tisha Marie Pelletier, your host, where we interview entrepreneurs, organizational leaders, and nonprofit leaders to learn how they achieved their success over struggle. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome back. You are tuning in to the Success Over Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Tisha, and with me today at the Forum Studio is Skylar Lee Soccer. He is the co-founder and CEO of Greens, which is a hemp-based apparel brand focused on creating products that benefit consumers and the planet. Hello, Skylar. Welcome. Thank you for having me on today, Tisha. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to get this rolling. I know that a lot of us have had to put the halt on some things that we're doing, especially podcasting live, (laughs) podcasting in person. So I want to say thanks for coming out today and sharing more about your success over struggle story. Most definitely. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you still allowing this to exist and to happen in this trivial time. You know, I've, I've put it out for people to podcast with me and they're like, I'm going to wait. And I'm like, that's okay. Totally okay. So we've been talking about this even before we went on the podcast of, you know, how are we adapting? How are we changing? And I'd love to ask you that question. How are you adapting with what's going on? Do you feel like your business is slowed down or is it really ramped up? That's a great question. I definitely didn't think things were going to get as serious as they did. I am definitely more conspiratorial by nature, for say, though. So I'm always looking into the deeper meaning of things. So I have my own opinions and assumptions on everything going on. But besides that, I prepared for my business to become much more lean. Mm -hmm. So I took some steps to do so to mitigate expenditures where I could um, and be a bit more grassroots with certain things. Um, But we still ended up and still are making sales and things are still going smooth. And my personal life hasn't changed too much. I still can go to my office. Uh, I do work out of home quite often. My girlfriend and I have been really good at doing it, um, giving each other space and uh, having our little areas in the house where we work. And uh, I just think it's been kind of rejuvenating to some degree in this time. I would say too, I know a lot of us may be looking at this as when is this going to be over? And then there's some of us that are like, I actually was looking for this time back where I could have a little more self-discovery, where I could lead, live more of that lean life, you know, where we can declutter and get rid of things that we know that no longer serve us. And that's been really rewarding for me too, of just knowing that I don't need all of the materialistic things. Like I can really just strip it down and be happy and just be right with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I resonate yeah. with that. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us are getting there. All right. So we're going to talk about your story and dive right in. And you were sharing that, you know, a lot of podcasts maybe glorify people of this is a success and this is how they made it. But I really love diving in a little deeper into your story of like, what are some of those pivotal moments in your life where you're like, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep fighting for this. I'm going to keep going. Totally. Um, We were chatting a bit about that, you know, when I came in. uh, We were talking about how when we initially started conversating uh, via LinkedIn and when I initially filled out the form to get on this podcast, it was back in October. Um, At that that time, I actually wasn't even in Arizona. I was in Minnesota. 
and I was kind of in a life reset moment. Um, I was going through a lot of tough personal stuff, definitely battling financially, um, and businesses were definitely uh, awry at that time. So things were really confusing. I didn't really understand the greater picture of everything that was happening, but going back to Minnesota and getting back to my roots, uh, sacrificing some of my beliefs to go find other ways to create income, to keep my businesses afloat in this time, uh, it was very, very important for me. Um, I had a lot of come back to God moments. Uh, you could say that, uh, like legitimately coming back to God uh, for myself, and that was really, really cool. And um, I had a lot of spiritual healing in that time as well. So I enjoyed it, and I got to be with my family and got to be with old friends. And I spent time on the farm that I grew up on. And when I was younger, I really didn't um, enjoy it as much as I did this time. Uh, even just my parents were away with family out of state, and it was just me and my brother on the farm, and I was taking care of the horses and the goats and the pigs and the chickens and making sure all the animals were good. And it gave me this sense of, uh, gave me this sense of uh, purpose and taking care, kind of being like a shepherd of the earth. And it was really, really cool because I just saw how important um, the little things are, even like small animal agriculture. Um, and when I was young, I never understood, like, Mom, why do you want to have honeybees and have a farm and have a well, like, you know, <laughs> wasting all your time? And then recently as I'm conversating, as I've changed as a person, I'm like, I see why you guys did this because if this COVID scenario were to get really extreme, uh, you guys have everything set up. And me living in a town, I'm done. I'm toast. Like, I'm, I'm going back to you guys <laughs> now. So it was just everything was very – it was almost comical in a way because everything that I thought I was and where I was going – wasn't really where I wanted to go. So it kind of set myself straight um, and kind of rebuilt my path and gave me a better, better foundation for where, where I wanted to go. And you mentioned October, and I feel like that was a lifetime ago yeah. when you mentioned that you filled out this form. And, uh, you know, I, I can't even remember like last week. <laughs> so even to go back to October, but I think that a lot of us are in that self-discovery mode and it is adapting to what do we call the new normal, you know, and how do we sustain our business and how do we keep growing our brand? I know we've talked about that a little bit too, or how do we keep putting ourselves out there? Mm-hmm. Has that been easy for you? Has that always, you know, been part of your life of, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to build this brand. I'm going to build this company. I would say it's a mixture of both. I have been a very persistent person and I still am, uh, but since a very young age and that that entrepreneurial uh, fire really was ignited at me, uh, within me, around 16 or 17 when I joined a business club called DECA. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really learned to take my own personal trials and tribulations and turn them into um, turn them into something that I wanted to create. You know, at a young age, I dealt with a lot of bullying and shaming, and I didn't understand it at the time, so any kid that doesn't understand bullying and shaming the rhyme and reason behind it and why it occurs, you know, they feel like something's wrong with them. So I felt like that for a very long time when I was young. Um, And when I was able to cultivate skill sets, cultivate uh, communication skills, which I didn't have at all when I was younger and uh, business, like when you tie that in there, like pitching, pitching investors, uh, public speaking, 
understanding financials maybe a little bit, understanding marketing. You know, social media was just starting to become a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I was speaking on stage in front of kids, so we were making YouTube videos, we were pitching at competitions, and pretty soon, out of nowhere, we were, it seemed like we just kind of miraculously ended up at international competition and then ended up placing top four in the world in our category. Mm -hmm. So that was like, whoa, I must have a skill set here. I must, you know, I can take this, these challenges and do something good with it. So that went into everything I did from there. It went into my music because I started a band my senior year too. So I was like, I thought I was the man. I was <laughs> like, I'm in a band. I'm killing it in business. I'm graduating high school off to the races. And I've been at the races ever since I left school. Um, so pursuing music, working with very high-level musicians in the music industry like Prince, uh, being around people like uh, Wiz Khalifa, being around Rascal Flats, all these artists of all these genres just, uh, you know, being in that industry and then eventually moving out here and just really going deep into business, um, connecting with um, people that are just, you know, that are really, really getting it and that have been through their own trials and tribulations and have been through so much and have created success. And they've seen what success is and isn't. Um, and it's all like the past few years, it's been learning the lessons that I've been avoiding for a long time mm -hmm. and trying to be it because I don't like, like, for example, I don't like paperwork. I hate it. I dislike it in every single form <laughs> and way. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we're building your businesses and we start really understanding the nitty gritty of it, um, legal structures, corporations, the benefits of them for taxation, the benefits of employees, and really planning on building a business that scales, you're like, all right, I need to understand it. I need to hire an attorney. I need to understand legals. I need to read paperwork. I need to sign agreements. Um, studying stuff about mergers and acquisitions, this very high-level business acumen information, mm -hmm. um, and really learning that because I realized that we had things against us. We're young. We're rebellious. We don't look like businessmen. You know, we're in the hemp industry or we're in this industry that involves technology that's like, oh, that's some like sci-fi madness. But like, no, we have to find ways to prove that we we really know what we're doing. So learning that acumen, learning that focus, learning that diligence, learning the language, um, and then developing mentors and advisors that uh, that have been through it. That was really important. I remember when we first started, both of our businesses were like, screw having an advisory board. We don't need <laughs> anybody to tell us what to do. And now we're out here like, thank God for our advisors. Like they have kept us diligent. We get on weekly calls with them. Um, you know, they've made exits, they've made money, they have lived life, you know, all those things that I haven't done. And it's just like giving grace to the elders now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are, those are a few things just right there that have been uh, so sentimental in my experience recently. I think that's, we, we go into business and maybe some of us are, we're resistant to having mentors to, you know, challenging ourselves in these different ways too. But I, I like that you said that I like, we came out and we were rebellious and we knew what we were doing and this is how we're going to do it. And then you took a step back and go, maybe we do need the help. Maybe we do need that support, you know, and if we don't know it, we need better find somebody that does know it. And that that's so huge. And just stepping out of your own way and realizing that, you know, other people can help you get there. You don't always have to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think, you know, the reason we've, we've cultivated that idea that, you know, we need to do it on our own. We can, you 
know, be this one man stop, a uh, one man stop shop to do everything. Uh, just because the programming we've received in our lifetime, you know, we maybe saw certain things work out or not work out for people because they had mentors or advisors. And if they would have listened to their gut, that it would have worked on their own. Um, I can go deep into this, but you look at media, news, culture, music, and I'm highly observant of these things because I'm, I guard my mind uh, from what enters it. I guard mm -hmm. my body from what enters it. I guard my soul from what enters in what I believe. And you start looking at media and culture and how businesses are currently run and what things are popular. And I look at them, and this is, this is my perspective now, and I'm like, these things are trash. These types of ideologies and these things that were marketed, uh, those things program us. We need to understand the origination of media and TV and what these things are actually used for, mm -hmm. <laughs> their original intent, because um, they've been used to essentially, they're just used to garnish your to garner your attention. You know, people make money off of your attention. Look at Chive TV. Mm -hmm. I went out and supported restaurants last night because they opened back up. Yeah. And I was glued to Chive TV for the longest time. I'm like, they are just, they are masters of attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's how most things are. But you got to question, all right, the things that are taking my attention, what are they telling me? What are they programming me to do? Um, and if they're programming you to try to think that you can do this on your own, you don't need anybody, you don't need help, or other people are wrong and you're always right, um, which they definitely do, um, then you need to check yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out, you know, how does this actually work? Because mm -hmm. it's a really confusing world right now. It's a very confusing world. And very much like you, I, I don't turn on the news. I really try to avoid it at all costs. Because I'm like, well, I'm going to find out sooner or later what's going on out there. <laughs> but I don't need to fill my mind with any negative stuff right now. I just have to keep focused and keep a positive mind mindset and that growth mindset too, that we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Definitely. That's huge. That's huge. So you talked about, you know, what are some of those, even those takeaways that like, what would you tell someone? I mean, you're, there's, you're this very accomplished guy. You've got a lot going for you as well. You're building this company greens you know, is there ever a story that you share when you're talking to even young kids or something that reminds you of, you know, I was here and it took everything for me to get back up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's many, many stories that you know, I could share, but I'll share the most recent one because it's the one that's most dear to my heart right now. Mm -hmm. And I think one that leads to the most impact. It might impact you spiritually. It might just impact you showing you that you can get through anything. Um, so back in October when I was referencing, you know, where I was at, uh, pretty much we hit financial low. You know, we were living in a house that was too expensive. Uh, we, were, we were burdened with expenses. Mm. Um, one of our mentors at the time told us, he's like, hey, you guys ready for summer? Are you have enough cash stacked up for when, when and if things go wrong? And we're like, no. He's like, we should be ready for that. And we're like, mm. no, we don't need to do that. Young, rebellious nature again. Right. And, uh we just ended up getting ourselves into really big ruts. Um, and those ruts financially turn into ruts with our health, they turn into ruts in our personal relationship. Plus we're all living in the same house. Mm -hmm. Try living in the same house with your business partners when you're going through financial struggles, struggles in your business and you just decide to work 18 hour days all the time because you can't ever leave it. And you're always trying to escape this thing that you built that's tearing you down. Right. So then you come to the time and admitting like, oh man, we've done this really wrong. We've 
we definitely have to find other ways to create some income and we have to set our egos aside and we have to rebuild ourselves. We have to allow ourselves to feel the wrath of God in this scenario and we have to, you know, humble ourselves. Right. So for me, my humbling journey was that uh, I had no other opportunity. We really didn't have any cash flow left. We found a way to keep our businesses and they're alive right now. They're most still <laughs> operating and they're, they're making money. So, you know, then just like, end. you know, yeah. I just want to preface that before I go into it. Um, but it felt like they were going to definitely at the start of it. So we prepared for all that was, could be the worst. And I ended up going back to Minnesota. Uh, but the car that I took to Minnesota, I didn't have enough money to put insurance or registration on it. I had enough for gas, mm-hmm. not enough to get there until that I would get to my other work. And um, essentially, it was me, my dog, mm-hmm. all my stuff. And I didn't have much stuff because I've always mitigated my materials for most of my life because I really, I focus more money on anything than my health and food. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of money on my health and food. Um, and also, it goes back into my business. So I didn't have much to bring, but it was me, my stuff, my dog, a couple hundred dollars. And crossing my fingers, which turned into deep prayer, that God, like, if I'm supposed to do what I think I'm supposed to do and the things that you instill within me, then just get get me home safely. Mm-hmm. Don't let me get bowled over. Because if I get bowled over, I'm arrested. My dog's going to some <laughs> animal shelter in Nebraska, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was literally me and this car and my dog for 27 hours battling, battling all the things that I messed up on, trying to reconcile everything that I did wrong, and also just trying to get home safely without like things going wrong. Sure. And it was weird because I didn't, there was not one cop that passed me the whole time, the whole time there. So, you know, I'm not telling you to go be a, don't go break the laws on purpose. Right. But when everything seems like it's going wrong, it might actually be going right. It might be nudging you to what you really need to do. So that, that sacrifice that I was willing to make of my own personal safety and all that is what ended up, you know, teaching me a lot more about myself and it reinstored my faith. Um, and then it allowed me to make strategic moves to keep the business alive. And I had to man up, I had to pay a lot of bills um, that I didn't want to, to keep the businesses going. Um, and me and my business partners all made a lot of personal sacrifice. But hey, we're all back in Phoenix now. We all have houses. We are living again. Our businesses are making money. We're having a good time and we're working on some beautiful projects. Um, so the, that... That couple month period last fall and this winter was crazy. And I'm just so grateful that we all learned the things we needed to to get back to stability and kind of re repurpose where we plan on going. And that, you know, that evolved into new business ideas. It evolved into new marketing ideas. It involved uh, growing our team and involved bringing some new people in. Um, and it was really, really cool. Oh, I really like that story. I think that when we feel like we've had rock, we've hit that rock bottom in our life that we really just need to reflect and that it sounds like that you, you had a whole 27 hours to do that and, you know, and more because obviously now we're in a time where what that's what we can do right now is sit back and reflect on, on what's been going on and how do we change, change the story. So kudos to you for being humble and saying, I have to figure this out. Like, this is where I'm at right now. And this is not where I want to stay. This is not where I want to be stuck. So that's great. And yeah, great that there were no cops on the road. too. <laughs> that was your biggest concern. Yeah. I mean, 
a lot of things could have gone a lot worse, and I'm glad that they didn't. But I think it's it's way too easy right now, and especially in entrepreneurship land, and especially being a millennial, like Mm -hmm. mid twenties. This is the time where if you call yourself an entrepreneur and you have to go find another way to make income that you've officially become, you've hit the low. Mm. Uh, Just because the identity we built around entrepreneurship right now um, has kind of become, once again, really trash. You go on Instagram, people marketing with Lamborghinis and cars that are selling trash products. They make tons of money, but uh, what are they really doing? You know, where is it going? And it's selling plastic. Mm-hmm. What's the long-term effects of that plastic? Mm-hmm. How are the people paid in the process? And I don't think that way. Um, if I wanted to just take all of our e-commerce skills, which we have because we've ran a marketing agency that's returned millions of dollars of revenue back to our clients. We sold everything from our T-shirts to yachts on Facebook ads. You mm-hmm. know, if we wanted to go be genie wizards and go sell a bunch of trending items. Uh, we could, but that's not the point entrepreneurship to us specifically it's this personal journey with making the world a better place and often right now most people think it can't be done Uh, and most people really they really are focused on profits over everything else and trying to get to these material items but they will get to the end of it where they realize that wasn't the point you know one of my personal friends uh, this is one of the the craziest stories i ever heard uh we were sitting at their house and he's like you know I got to this point in my life where I had nothing but a Bugatti and a mansion. I had nothing else. Mm-hmm. When he, that's the top of the top. You know, mm-hmm. a, Bugatti, a Bugatti is... I'm like, what is a Bugatti? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's one of the nicest cars you can get on earth. And when you're living with that and you're living in this mansion, but you feel like you have nothing, yeah. you realize that those things don't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like for me, when I sit in this chair in this podcast studio and when I, sh- when I sit in an estate, I don't feel any different as a person. I'm the same. I'm not any different because exactly. my emotional, my intellectual state are, is not adjusted by the, by the reality. I mean, because I built, I built a foundation of what really makes me happy and what I care about. Mm-hmm. So I think this time for us really set us straight uh, and really showed us what we really want to do. So, you know, focusing on building a hemp clothing brand that really adjusts the supply chain. Are, are there things in my way? Yes. Is it going to be harder than just building an e-commerce company or Amazon dropshipping store or any of those other trendy businesses? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Am I going to have more hard times? Absolutely. But what's the long-term effects of it? What really lights your fire? That's what lights my fire. I want to I want to change the supply chain for clothing. My business partner Hunter, you know, working on self-sustaining energy. How many things does he have against him? Everything. Mm-hmm. APS, SRP, coal, charcoal, all the stuff. All these old, outdated systems that have caused more problems than they've solved. What makes a lot of money right now? Those things. What doesn't? Self-sustaining energy. But for the betterment of our future, who's going to step up right freaking now and do that? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, I don't care how much money, how much fruits of your labor you have, you will have no grandchildren because there will be no earth. Mm -hmm. So uh, our, and I'm getting really passionate right now, but our foundation and our focus is in a completely different world we have our own little circle we have our own little belief system and uh we're doing things because they have a purpose not just a piece of a purpose but they're literally for the greater good of people um it's really not about us 
we always talk about that. Mm-hmm. Our business is not about us. Our products are not about us. They're about other people. Everything that, I do is about other people. Exactly right. That is that to me, like, okay, great, great lesson. Because so many of us go into this, how will I leave a legacy? What do I stand for? You know, when I'm gone from this place, how is my message being carried on? And I mean, you just said it right there. You said that it's not about me. It's about the people. It's about how we keep this going even after we're gone, right? I love that message. I love that message. And and it's 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 so cool that you guys are just, you know, you're doing your thing and you're moving, you're making just some significant strides as well. But understanding that this is going to be hard. This is not the easy route. So thank you for sharing that even just your definition of entrepreneurship. I think that people have glamorized it that entrepreneurship is just everybody should be an entrepreneur. No, (laughs) not everybody is cut out for it. I definitely think it takes that level of self-discipline and, and going for what you want, knowing that you're going to be on the ground for most of it. You've got to be able to rise. You've got to be able to build that confidence back up and keep working for what lights you on fire. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I mean, don't think everybody should be an entrepreneur. I think it's perfectly fine to have jobs. Once again, I'm going back into this millennialized perspective of entrepreneurship. Uh, and there definitely is the vibration if you go on social media that if you have a job, you're a, you're a POS. Mm. You're a terrible person. Or there's something wrong with you because you haven't built an Amazon dropshipping store. Or because <laughs> you don't have a Lamborghini. All things that we should aspire yeah, to be. You're, you are, oh, since you live a nine to five, you're, you're this person, you know, you're not gonna. You're stuck in a rat race. Like it's it's marketing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not real. Let's get to the bottom of this right now. Marketing is marketing. It's manipulating people to purchase products and goods. It's not bad, but it's and it's not good. And at the end of the day, it's actually not real. It's just messaging. messaging. You know, even me talking to this right now. This is you can take it as bad or good, whatever. But I'm just marketing myself. I'm just sharing my story. And you may agree with it or not but that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose to swipe on that ad. You can choose to do those things and you can choose to believe the messages in the media or these marketing uh, advertisements, but it doesn't matter. And I really understand that because we run an advertising agency. We know what makes people click. We know what pe- makes people tick. Mm-hmm. I know what makes me tick. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying go get money. Like if you're, once again, on the flip side, if you're running a drop shipping store or an Amazon store or any of these trendy things and you're making money, I'm super happy for you. But I just dare you. I just... I invite you to inquiry within yourself and ask, what are you really here to do? Mm-hmm. That's it. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be for the money. It cannot be for the money. Oh, okay. Good stuff. All right. So what is next on the horizon for you? I know you've got a whole bunch of things with the music and, you know, your company and what else? What else is on the horizon for you? It's the continuation of those things. It's continuing building, building the Greens brand, you know, continuing to put out music, um, continuing to help my business partners succeed in their business models. I'm really excited about everything going on in Greens. I'm really excited for my business partner, Hunter and Issa and self-sustaining energy and where I can help them grow and my involvement in that. Um, and just my life, like I'm at the point where I, I find so much enjoyment in the simple things like these conversations and making music um, I'm definitely more introverted by nature. I love conversation, but me alone, music, like making music or writing or just being in nature, the best. So 
I am really optimizing my life around things that matter to me now, uh, like living in the woods, being healthy as possible. So my body, my brain can work at the highest degree so I can have the best life. That's what matters to me. Um, and then continuing to build brands that lead to a better impact, you know, and heck yeah, do I want to create a large sum of income in that? Yes, it's in the process. Uh, it's just that we really want to do it in a new way, not a new way, but in a way that leaves us feeling satiated and satisfied because what we did actually changed lives, not mm-hmm. the other way. We didn't make money to change lives. We changed lives and made money. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that, you know, I want to say that those things are possible. The old business models are dying. Banks are dying. Old restaurants are dying. Clothing supply chains are dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Governments are falling apart. All these old models that we've lived and predicated our entire lives on are falling apart. So who's going to build the new ones? That's what we're trying to do. Okay. Well, let's do it. Let's go build that. All right. So how do people reach out to you, Skylar? They want to learn more about you. The best way is to find me on LinkedIn. It's where I spend most of my time. Type in my name. Uh, you know, shoot me a message on there. You can watch my video content. I go really deep on hemp, um, kind of the the agenda behind hemp, uh, the benefits of industrial hemp versus cannabis and CBD. That's my 75% of my content, and 25% of it's just, you know, my thoughts on the world and where it's going. Uh, if you want to go find more of my personal stuff and music, find me on IG or Facebook. That's where, uh, you know, I kind of I care a little bit less. And I say a little bit more uh, of what I want without trying to maintain professionalism, I'd say. <laughs> it's really where your personality shines, I would think, too. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Success Over Struggle podcast. If you like episodes like this, then subscribe at successoverstruggle.com. I just want to thank you, Skylar, for spending part of your day with me and driving all the way out from the Arcadia area to Chandler. I know. (laughs) I know it's a little bit of a drive. Um, But thank you. Thank you for being on. And we will see you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Over Struggle podcast. We hope we've inspired you to overcome your struggles and find your own success. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode.